Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we are talking about how to help your children or grandchildren without breaking the bank or setting back your retirement. As we work forward, there's a lot of considerations and many people want to help their children. We cover things as helping with school or maybe even getting into a home, as well as gifting limits and other things that you can do, non-financial ideas that may be helpful for them as well. If you have any questions about any of the items discussed today, please reach out by email or phone. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. Well, here we go again. Awesome to ramp one up again. This is a kind of interesting one. It's a common question we get. It comes up time and time again. Um, helping helping a kid out. Yeah. You know, helping a child out. Should I? Shouldn't I? How should it be done? Mm-hmm. And how do you do it without messing up your own kind of financial goals, particularly retirement? You know, you can help your way, help your kids into the poorhouse and, you know, put yourself kind of in a rough situation. Yeah. It's not. And when they're your own children, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard for uh, with kids and and it's hard with grandkids, too, from from what I've witnessed. You know, sometimes grandkids have more <laughs> pleading eyes than kids do <laughs> uh, just by watching, you know, clients. And and so sometimes it's, you know, you just have to be careful. Yeah. So they're the most common ones that often come up is usually car homeschool. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the biggest ones. They're the bi- biggest expenses in most people's lives. Um, you know, other ones are just things that come up out of nowhere, you know, medical emergencies or, um, you know, other situations where it's just kind of, this was out of the blue, or maybe it was brought in by poor habit or poor choices of a child. Mm-hmm. And those are, you know, those are tough. Those that kind of come out, come out of nowhere. Um, or, or kind of are brought upon themselves in the last minute. Um, but, you know, setting those aside for now, I kind of wanted to talk through, you know, best ways to help with school first, and then kind of talk about how to help in a car and a home and uh, maybe some ideas around those. Yeah, I think from a from a high level thing, the first um, the first thing people need really need to look at is, is how does the math look, right? We, we like to do... Um, retirement cash flow planning schedules for people. And, and, um, you know, if, if people are kind of below the safety line, you you know, we really just encourage them to say, sorry, I can't, you know, I just, I mean, you have to, you have to, if you're going to do this, you got to, you got to approach it from the side of, uh, being, you know, really solid and strong financially. Uh, you, you really don't want to risk your uh, financial future by, uh, helping somebody else um, because you, you know, if you're in that position, normally you don't have a lot of time to recoup. You know, when, when people are younger and they make financial mistakes, hey, we've got time. We can, you know, kind of work this out and figure figure things out over time. But uh, if you get up there in years and and you make a you know too much of a, a, a financial blunder, it you know it can you can run out of money before you run out of life. And that's our goal is to not do that. So, well, and, and you make those poor choices and you kind of go backwards financially, uh, you, you end up becoming a financial burden on someone else. Right. You know, so it turns into kind of a domino problem. Mm-hmm. And that's why you, you, you have to make sure you kind of don't go below that 
you know, whatever the floor is on those cash flow projections and, and your retirement safety net, because you, know, you kind of start tipping through that and dipping back into the principle of your savings. And, you know, it's just can be a quick road down, downhill. And, yeah. but you know, you got to live somewhere and you, you got to be able to eat. And, and so if you don't have enough dollars to take care of yourself, um, that's got to come from somewhere. Right. And so th- that's the last thing we want to see is, is somebody compounding a problem because it's tough for them to say, for them to say no. Right. And we tell our clients too, um, all the time, look, if you feel like you should say no, um, but you can't for whatever reason, blame it on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just say, I talked to my financial advisor and, and he said, and we've, you know, we've recently had discussions with people about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, blame it on us and, and we're, we're happy to kind of take that chore on if it's, uh, you know, if emotionally it's, it's a, it's tough for you to say, I can't do that. So. Yeah. We're always, you know, we get hired to, to work in your best interest. Right. And so we're, we're happy to help and take some of the blame. And that's probably one of the things I guess we can touch on that right now is one thing that you can do is, is get somebody on your side, you know, hire somebody or work with an advisor um, that kind of can help you protect you from yourself. Because mm-hmm. we, we've seen that a lot, particularly if you're, um, you know, if you're a grandma or a grandpa and you're on your own and a grandma child needs help, you, know, you kind of don't have that support person that you're used to having all your life. And and now it's just you making the decision and, and your grandchild starts saying, hey, grandma, grandpa, can you help me out? It, it gets tough because yeah. you want to help them. Yeah. And uh, so having somebody on your side, you know, particularly professional, uh, can really make a difference. And I think the most important people who should seek that out is people who are uh, windfall candidates. So, you know, mm-hmm. lawsuit, mm-hmm. um you know, you win the lottery or, you know, something like that, where you're not used to, you know, handling a lot of dollars. Uh, the first thing those kind of people should do is just uh, get a, you know, get a fiduciary on their side to just look out for their best interests. Yeah. And it's not only winning the lottery, but it's also some, I've seen, we've seen it in the case of, of somebody inheriting yeah, money, inherit- you know, they've never, big inheritances, they've, yeah. you know, they've been okay savers and all of a sudden they get this big inheritance from mom and dad mm-hmm. and, and it's, you know, all of a sudden they can, now they actually have the flexibility maybe to help some kids. It can go really fast and you just burn right through yeah. it right back where you were before. Absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, it can be as small as, um, you know, a few thousands or hundreds of thousands, if not millions. You know, this happens at every stage. You can kind of burn through that windfall really, really quickly if you're yes. not careful. And, uh, you know, instead of using it to open doors, you're just kind of right back to, to where you were. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so lottery or inheritance, um, you know, working with somebody in your best, best interest uh, it will, will, will go a long way. Um, and that's like you said, that's the fiduciary standard. You, yep. know, you want to make somebody is working up to that standard and not just, um, you know, and is required by law to do so. Um, and that's uh, that's what you're looking for. Um, it, but if you do, you know, let's say there is room in the budget in, in the savings to, to help. Um, schooling, there's also, there's there's a few account options, but really the I think the best thing to go through is is how much room is there in my financial plan to help. You know, mm-hmm. setting setting a limit of however much you can help monthly or yearly, or you know maybe you're saving early instead of 
you know, just saying, hey, you know, I'll pay for all of college or, mm-hmm. you know, just open up a blank check. Um, you know, just saying, okay, how much is reasonable given my current situation? Well, and not only that, it, it really does come down to the, it always comes down to the math when you're talking about finances, <laughs> because, um, you know, let's say you're going down the road of helping grandkids. Well, how many do you have? So if the first one comes through and and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to help my grandkids, you, you, you know, you got to look at, well, do I have you know, five grandkids or do I have 30 and what's it going to cost if I, you know, cause you know how families work, everybody wants to be treated fairly and you know, yeah. Oh, it helps Susie. So you got to help Johnny too. And uh, so again, mathematics come into play. And so you have to look at what's, what's going to happen. And, and then the other part on schooling is what's good for the kid. Right. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of evidence that, that it's, it's good for kids to kind of work, you know, 10 to 15 hours uh, through school. It just, it's, so they have some, some buy-in to it. And that's, you know, personal philosophy, but, um, but, you know, can, how much can the kids help themselves and, and what, um, you know, government grants and things like that, what's available. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really big on student loans. I don't really like those because, um, they just hand them out like candy, and then people have them a hard time paying them off. So I'd discourage you from from uh, having kids go down that road, if at all possible. But uh, you just have to look at what resources are available, and then how much can I, you know, how much can I lend to this? Yeah, and a note on student loans: oftentimes we see people living off those student loans and not just paying for school. Right. So then you're racking up living expenses along with schooling expenses, and that can get out of hand pretty quick. Very, very um, quickly. So yeah, you, you know, yeah, you, you have to keep an eye on that. But I, I think that is a, a good thing to to consider: is there are a lot of options to pay for schooling outside of school loans or a gift from grandma, or grandpa, or mom and dad. Sure. There's, there's scholarships and grants, and and obviously you, you want to tap those areas first. Um, and then there's you know, tax advantage savings. If you got young grandkids and you want to start saving ahead of time, you know, that's obviously a great way to do. Uh, you know, you can collaborate with their parents and start saving a few hundred dollars a month or, or whatever it is that fits into the budget to kind of prepare for those. Then you can kind of, you can start getting the the growth and the compounding interest on your side. And you know, whether it be in a tax advantage account, like a 529 plan, or even just a uh, you know, just a trust account that you're holding in your name that you can gift to them, uh, you know, portions of it later. Yeah. Um, so there's there's lots of options there. And, and it, like any planning option, the sooner you start, the more flexibility you have. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is if this is last minute, you know, hey, we, we need help tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It makes it a lot tougher than, you know, looking down the road. Um, so schooling is schooling the best option, you know, start early if you can. Um, and then and then the other uh, option we give you is is just to have a limit of, you know, particularly if you got a lot of grandkids, you know, it might just be we give each, you know, grandchild a certain amount of money and that's what we plan for and that's mm-hmm. what we budget for. But it's it's just no more, no less, and and um, that seems to work out really well. And and then you know parents and the children can kind of plan on that in their schooling and and work towards that. Yeah. Um, what about this one comes around, it seems like a couple times a year, you know, a child wanting to buy a home and, uh, it's usually a home that's anytime you buy a home, it always feels like it's a little out of reach. It's a little know. bit of a stretch, huh? <laughs> and, uh, and so obviously mom and dad want to help and, and, you know, what are kind of some of the best tips or suggestions that you've seen in the buying the home camp? You know, this one's really tough because homes, especially now, they're, they're just so expensive. And 
you know, I look at this generation of, of kids coming up and, and I, you know, I do wonder how, how are we going to, how are we going to get these kids into homes? Because starter homes are, you know, I mean, 300,000 for, for yeah. condo type. Yeah. Homes, around this you know? area. It's just, so, uh, this one, this one really is tough. Um, and, you know, I don't know that there's right or right, wrong answers for this. I'm just glad all my kids are in homes and I'm looking at my grandkids thinking, man, how are we going to get you guys in homes? And uh, I, I think, again, it's just this is one that is is if you're going to go down this road, you you really have to kind of plan early on this one and and get some money saved up because, uh, you know, down payments are, you know, 50, 60, 80 thousand dollars. And that is a, that is a chunk. And. And, you know, so you have to look at the kids and, you know, you don't want to put money in a home that the kids are going to lose anyway. That's one of the, the big mm-hmm. warning flags is sometimes, um, you know, people have a, a bigger appetite for a bigger home than they can really afford. And you don't want to put people in a home where it just consumes all of their income and, you know, they can't afford to, to eat or vacation or, uh, you know go out and get a soda because it's all going into the home. You just don't want to, you don't want to enable that. And so you just have to use, uh, you know, good, good financial judgment. And if they need a little bit of help and, and, uh, but they, they're going to be able to, you know, easily handle that payment going forward, then, then that's probably a, that's probably a yes. Uh, but again, how does the math look on your side of it before you make that decision? Yeah. And I think sometimes looking at it too is, is helping monthly can sometimes be easier than a lump sum. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe it's uh, helping a little bit instead of buying a home, you find a place to rent and, and you can, and it fits in your budget and you want to, you can, you know, chip in a hundred dollars a month is oftentimes a lot easier for somebody than trying to get a big lump sum for Mm -hmm. say a down payment. Um, So I think if you're looking to help you, you got to be as creative as, as you can. Um, and I always look at, like to look at, well, well, what have they saved for the house? Sure. You know, I mean, somebody comes, comes to me and it's like, well, what have you, you know, what have you done so far? Not just, Hey, I want to buy a house and I need 30 grand and I don't have anything. Well, go say 15 and then come and talk to me again. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and like you said, it always comes back to the numbers. You know, some people can, you know, it, it, it does affect their retirement plan and other people it doesn't but at some point the dollar amounts do move the needle for everybody and so it's finding whatever zone uh, that that works for you um particularly when it comes to uh you know another one that comes up are, are cars and uh you know one thing we're always literally about is is people just say i'll just co-sign on that loan with them yeah and you know that's a big red <laughs> that's a big red flag for us yeah. we're highly discouraged that one yeah we we really uh just want you to not co-sign on on anything <laughs> anything you know you just yeah. uh, just just don't go there because it's um you know that 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 just it actually puts the relationship in potential danger because if you you know hey hey i i promise i'll make the payment and then for whatever reason they don't then all of a sudden it's like oh why don't they come around anymore well it's because they're not making the payment and you have to and they feel guilty and so you just we just have a kind of a a red line on that, just never co-sign on, on a loan. It's just, 
There's just not really any good that ever comes out of that. Yeah, we've seen occasionally on the homes that sometimes those who have done well and have plenty of assets, it's you know sometimes worth buying the house outright and then renting it to the grandkids. You know, buying it in a yeah, if it's by university, you got grandkids coming through and they want to live in it. You know, that's there's. There's always creative options depending mm-hmm. on where you're at. But it's even not, if you do that, you should hire a property manager sure, that they're yes. dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> Get the payments flowing through somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even if you buy a home and, and the kid's going to pay you back at a lower interest rate than they can get, that's fine. You know, you earn more interest than you could at the bank. Uh, but run it through an escrow company, and and if you run it through the escrow company, then the kids are obligated to make the payment and. Uh, somebody else is keeping track of it and right. all the stuff. So, yeah, I, that's a good point on on the cars and the homes. Having a third party involved mm-hmm. is is always a good thing. Kind of put that little bit of separation, uh, as well as you know, makes it a little more serious and official for for the grandkids or the kids, um, because it's not just you know, thanks mom or dad, thanks grandma, yeah. grandpa. Um, and then I think kind of the last thing to kind of touch on is there's a lot of non-financial things you can do uh to, to help a child out you know not not everybody has the means to be able to mm-hmm. you know provide actual dollars but oftentimes um there's something you know there may be you know a lesson that you've learned in your life that you can pass on i think that's very valuable um kids might not always be receptive to it but mm-hmm. uh, you know i think that's one area that that needs to be shared uh, you know we People don't make it to their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s without having a few bumps and bruises along the way, mm-hmm. a few lessons to pass on. So I think sharing those is a big deal, as well as, um, you know, maybe sharing contacts or those that you know, you know, particularly if you've lived in an area for a long time, you, you know, a lot of people and there mm-hmm. might be someone, you know, like a banker or a lender, or, you know, maybe a professional contact or a non-professional contact that just says, hey, this is somebody you should talk to uh, regarding your situation because they might not have that connection or contact. Right. And that can open up a lot of doors. I, I know that's been helpful in, in my life uh, from from my parents and um, and grandparents was just introductions to people. Uh, that helps a lot. Sure. And another one that's helping big right now is uh, free babysitting. So if you're a grandparent and you've got, you know, kids or grandkids and they're young, <laughs> free babysitting goes a long way. It helps out for those couple hours when you just got a few errands to run. Um, so anyway, you know, finding ways non-financially. The reason he's chuckling about that is because we tend his kids quite a bit. So. Oh, quite a bit. Sure. <laughs> but it's all good. We tend to when we can and when we can't, we, we say we can't. But yeah. uh but it's, it's always re- fun for for grandparents yeah. to have their grandkids, you know. So but do it's that so when helpful. you can. It's, yeah, it's, it's very so helpful. helpful. Yeah, it's yeah. great for the grandkids and it's great for the grandparents and the parents. So, yeah, look looking for you know being creative and looking for non financial ways. You know, always explore those options first. You know, oftentimes when those we see when these conversations get started, it's always, hey, I need ten thousand dollars. You know, it's always mm-hmm. I've, I've thought it through and this is the amount of money I need. And can you give that to me and, you know, explore the whole situation, ask a bunch of questions, look at alternatives, look where they've come from, uh, you know, really dive in and, and kind of see their whole situation, because you may see things you probably will see things that they're mm-hmm. not thinking of. Right. Yeah. And, and if it's and if you can do it without hurting yourself and it's good for them. I mean, that's the other thing I always try to keep in mind when I'm when I'm helping somebody is. Is this going to help them or hurt them? And, um, you know, you really want to, 
Um, you don't want to provide a hammock for for people. There's there's just uh, bad behaviors that come from that. But if you can if you can help people along the way and and uh, you know not ruin them while you're doing it, that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, you know, and and to kind of just touch, there's there are gifting limits. You can only give so many dollars tax without affecting taxes every mm-hmm. year. There's estate limits, and so just always check into those numbers if you're looking to just, you know, give some money to. You know, sometimes you want to do that as a Christmas present or other. Other and, and for 2023, it's seventeen thousand dollars a year is, is the gift uh, limit. So just be aware that there are tax implications when you start going down this road too, and. Uh, you know, check with a professional that you're not um, causing more headaches than need be. And what he means by that is if you give one person more than $17,000 a year, you are the, 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 the giver is required to file a gift tax return. So yeah. you want to want to be careful with that. I mean, they probably don't check it a lot, but I'm sure it gets audited on occasions. You don't want to be the one that they look at and you gave away more than you should. And then you have to, then you have to pay a, a right. gift tax, not the, not yeah. the person you gave the money to the, the giver pays the tax on that. So be careful with that. Yep. Well, is there anything else? I think that's uh, about does it for this one. If you have okay. questions, give us a call. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for tuning in and listening to your investment partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride LLC DBA Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.